Hey everyone, before the episode begins, just a quick heads up. You might have noticed that this timestamp is a bit shorter than usual. We did have an issue with recording. Um, in post, we discovered that our mic input got corrupted somehow. Unfortunately, we kind of figured no one would listen to, well, this. Would do for It actually harms dead characters if you cast a hit creatures that weren't supposed to be right, alive. Right, right, right. It to its victims to revive. Okay. Believe, yeah. mm -hmm. It could be a... Especially a lot easier to get a poor purse for them some cash. For 40-ish minutes. We will roll with the intro what we had, and I will come back and let you know what scenarios we came up with at the end. Hello, and welcome back to Blank Scenario in a semi-holiday theme special. We'll see how close we get to it. I, as always, am your lovely host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. And I am your less than lovely host, Casey, the Grumpy Elf. <laughs> and joining us again today for our longest running guest spot so far is Dave from The Hateful Place. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> That's right. I didn't expect to get beyond the first, first appearance. So. <laughs> That's it. We found someone who's good with terror scenarios, so we're going to keep using as long as we can. <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate your faith. <laughs> Well, that bodes well already. <laughs> but the scenario is kind of graphic, I think. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, Should we just put the the uh, the warning at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> Potentially um, graphic, explicit violence content. <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> yeah. uh, this one will definitely be on the edge there. Um, so when it comes to Valentine's Day... Here, here in the U.S., I am slightly a cynic about it, um, just because of years of experience with it where it's not been fun, um, which is ironic that I'm married, but, you know, whatever. I was going to say. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the, the spouse. Ignore Casey in the corner. Um, I'm a cynic on Valentine's <laughs> Day. Also, I'm married. Yeah. yeah, just FYI, you're on here for a reason, Casey. <laughs> okay. So Valentine's Day has always been about candy and chocolates and things like that. So my brain's are thinking about hearts, right? So one of the big trends that's been coming out is getting anatomically correct chocolate hearts. So it's hearts shaped like wow. chocolate hearts shaped like an actual heart, not the cute little emoji heart. And I thought, huh, you know, in D and D, because in Dungeon Dragons there are creatures that can regenerate, you could just literally have hearts that you take out of creatures and sell, and you have little actual hearts. And then my brain is like, this is a great butcher shop idea. You have Sweeney Todd with a troll in a dungeon. He's just chopping the arm off every single day for meat. There you go. <laughs> I'm getting a weird look from Casey and approval from Dave. I like this. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, I'm wondering how the, how does your brain work? <laughs> I'm wondering how this all connects in your head, that it jumped from anatomically correct hearts to Sweeney Todd to a troll mm -hmm. and then somehow chopping off arms. It did help that in one of the games I played in, we had to go hunt down a troll to get troll blood. Because troll blood has, in D&D &D lore, trolls regenerate, so their blood is regenerative. So we had to actually kill a troll, get all of its, or get some of its blood to be able to make a potion. Which kind of spawned the idea of, like, if you have, if you need this specific component from a creature and it just regenerates, you just locked a creature up in a basement and just basically siphon it off as you need it. Oh. Okay. Now we get the strange looks from Dave <laughs> off of that one. 
This is why I don't play evil characters. <laughs> this is why we are very cautious with the prompts that you pull forward because they now, go now, some now, directions. Now I'm, now I'm just wondering. Now I'm just wondering how bad those previous Valentines really were. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's some stories there. <laughs> this has no, nothing to do with any like you know, like renaming people after exes. No, not at all. Sure, sure, just not. Okay, so you want, do you want this to be specifically a troll that is in charge or that is being contained? Do you want this to be Sweeney Todd, because that's what you brought up? (laughs) Or do you want this to be dealing directly with anatomically correct hearts being given out to people on a holiday of your choosing? I was leaning more towards Sweeney Todd has a troll in a dungeon. (laughs) As opposed to bats in the belfry. (laughs) Yep. That's what I was leaning towards, or like an alchemical shop that is locking like creatures behind it and just literally taking parts off as it needs to. I will say this, and this is where I'm going to lean on our guest, because from my understanding, if you want to do Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd was the original boogeyman in London. That was the original, like, he's going to get you, as opposed to here in the United States where they live under your bed. Back in the day in England, it was Sweeney Todd's going to get you. I mean, the the, the two big boogeyman from England were obviously... Number one, Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. and the fact that he was never caught. I, you know, you can bring him back again and again and again. Sweeney Todd, of course, you know, chopped him up, and then the meat was put into pies. And the, uh, I think it was his next door neighbour, the, the, the cook, she uh, then sell them. He would cut the throats, yeah, while while shaving them. And I think there was an element with him that he, he kind of took a sort of he took revenge on his the, the people that he that he killed. Then you've got to be thinking, okay, if it's it, who is it that's offended him, or if it's if you're using a troll, where did the troll come from? Mm. Did it come in for a shave? <laughs> um, why does he decide to keep it in the cellar? I mean, trolls. I always get the impression, you know, you chop them up and the limbs are still moving. You know, a little bit like certain, <laughs> certain sort of zombies kind of thing. You know, the hands kind of creeping along. Um, <laughs> You know, trying to get a pie or whatever it's trying to do. Um, what does it profit him by having it down there? Those are the, sort of, I mean, those are the questions that sort of, sort of come to mind. I mean, the premise of Sweeney Todd having a troll in his cell is great. Obviously, I mean, that's you can't go wrong. It's an interesting idea to ask what's like, what does he gain from it? Because the first thought, obviously, is money. You know, if you have a creature that if you chop an arm off and it grows your arm back, as long as you don't have to feed it an excessive amount. You have basically a good meat supply source. So for a butcher shop, if you're selling meat to make pies, you kind of need that. It's basically just it's the idea of the never-ending chocolates. <laughs> you always have meat on hand because you always have something. But it feels like there could be some other reason for it besides just it's a good business. Because it would be a very gruesome business as well. I mean... Sweeney Todd was kind of, um, was it Mrs. Lovett, was it, that, that mm-hmm. made the, mm-hmm. the, um, the pies? Yeah. Um, you know, was he, you know, was he the kind of person that was motivated by money? Because, I mean, he, he, he turns up in, like, the Penny Dreadful mm-hmm. uh, sort of books, obviously, of the 1840s. Um, and the question is, he's not um, 
He doesn't strike me as one of the kind of guy that, that was motivated by money. It was Mrs. Lovett that sort of figured, oh, we can make some money to make some pies. Mm-hmm. But he was motivated by revenge or, you know, just a fundamental hate kind of thing. If you've got something nasty in the cellar, then initially I sort of think, well, why not send the people you don't like down to the cellar to scare the bejesus out of them? <laughs> or or see what happens in terms of this kind of disconnected, chopped up troll killing them in a fairly horrible way. You know, um, it's it's it always comes down to I think motivation with characters. What is what is mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd's real motivation? And to me, it was always more about blood than he was about money. Mm-hmm. So I have a thought that might work for this. I don't know, I, it, depending upon the angle you want to take with it, if you guarantee like it has to be a troll, um, this is going to get dark. You very easily darker. have. Yes. <laughs> dark, dark, darker than a, a murderous barber. <laughs> you very easily could have either um like a vampire or some kind of creature besides mm-hmm. a troll that's in the basement but if it's for vengeance sweeney has captured this thing and is bleeding this thing mm. and um my first thought was instead of doing a troll have it be whatever his enemy was and he's telling people he's an alchemic person telling people he's selling trolls blood this is not trolls blood mm. he is keeping this person or this thing in a weakened state to fulfill his own vengeance and mayhaps because we're talking in the world of fantasy mayhaps he's casting spells and things to regenerate to recreate but is still using this one body as a um as a as a supply store essentially i'm going to make you pay for what you did to me over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again and at that point you're not talking about just a barber you're talking about essentially a necromancer mm-hmm. who is able to re rebuff and rebuild from what's left only to cut it off again. That's interesting because you can like when you give blood, you have a certain amount you can give safely in order to, before they start to worry about you. But if you're not worried about how much blood you're siphoning off a person, they just have to survive. I mean, eventually they'll build back up enough and you just siphon off more. And that keeps them in that weak state of, they're basically anemic. And then you just scam market it. <laughs> There's an old Peter Cushing story that he told about during during World War II. He, he was in New York and gave blood, you know, to for the forces. And I think he gave a pint, walked down the street, collapsed, and they had to give him two pints to get him back around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 if it was troll's blood, then I was immediately thinking, so, you know, if, you've got, if you're a barber and you've got troll's blood, you're going to tell people it's great for hair restoration. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing or, helps grow your hair back like troll's blood. Yeah. And when you think about historically, barbers did dental work. They did surgery. Yeah, they were surgeons. Oh, really? Yep. So, I mean, troll's wow. blood, the idea, like, I'm going to give you an infusion of troll's blood that'll help you heal faster. Well, oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> And you're just giving them just a standard blood infusion. But, I mean, you're claiming it's troll's blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you do have a troll in the basement and you just, I'll just, you know, if I can't get the troll's blood at the time, let's lock up someone else with him. Worst case scenario, the troll eats the person. I don't have to worry about a body. What if he actually does use troll's blood? 
what effect is that going to have on somebody? Mm. I mean, you know, you inject that into someone. <laughs> Potion ingredients are one thing, but ooh. <laughs> That's right. This, this, isn't, this isn't dark at all. Um, <laughs> Now we're injecting innocent people with trolls' blood. Yeah. Well, you mentioned revenge, Dave, as one of the motives. Mm. What if this is kind of like with Sweeney Todd, where he he's getting revenge on the town for something, and so he mm. is using this item like trolls' blood. That is, I mean, depending upon what lore you want to go with, trolls are never really good creatures. No, they're never that's right. <laughs> they're never considered nice or anything. So that's true. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't know a book <laughs> called The Happy Troll. No, no. It's like you have Billy Goat's Gruff, and then you've got Iceland with their Trolls film that that's, came out. So <laughs> that's I think right. it was Iceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a couple of different yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one in Iceland. Then you had the actual Troll Hunter movie as well. <laughs> that's right. Troll was Troll Hunter, and then I think there was a second one as well. They did a second one. Yeah, mm. but if you're taking this item and putting it in an everyday, you know, medicine, everyday objects that people are getting that are kind of like regenerative for hair, supposed to help you heal faster. And this is essentially almost a poison for people. You're basically slowly killing off a town just from being a medical giver. <laughs> which is which is what Sweeney Todd liked to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's dozens of reasons you can give someone for wanting to hate a town. Yeah, I mean, he sort of kind of hated everybody, really, didn't he, Sweeney Todd? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world. It was... Yeah. And and then of course you get into cod therapy, and it says fundamentally, of course, he hated himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which all you know, which all psychopaths just generally seem to do. Um, but I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a, a metaphorical butcher, wasn't he? I mean, he'd cut the throats of his victims. He'd. This was just not a nice guy. I'd just like to know where he got the troll from. That would be my question. I think for me, that's that's what it still comes down to. We're circling around the fact that this is a good idea without really answering why he has mm-hmm. it. There needs to be some kind of reason. Because if, if you know why he got it, I feel like then the determination of how he got it kind of also falls into place. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it could be purely accidental. It's something he ran across and he thought, I can just take advantage of it. It could be something if he's that driven by vengeance that he went out specifically to search out the specific troll mm. to punish this specific <laughs> town, you know, whatever the reason might be. But I, I think we need to figure out, I, I agree with Dave earlier. I think we need to figure out what his motivation is. If it's vengeance, vengeance for what? Mm-hmm. And that is especially for keeping with Sweeney Todd. I'll, I'll, I'll go on the record and say Sweeney Todd is one of my favorite villains of all time. <laughs> and I know very little about the the backstory beyond Stephen Sondheim and Demon Barber of Fleet Street. That's the majority of my knowledge. But I know there is a much wider lore that goes with this character. So I would be tempted to say start there. He kicks off in, obviously there were the... Um comic books, comic comic book newspaper kind of things that, that came out called the Penny Dreadfuls mm-hmm. um, in in London. And they were called that obviously because I think they cost a penny um, to buy. And you had things like Varney the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably one of the most famous ones. But, uh, you know, Sweeney Todd kicks off in one called, uh, it, was, it was a serial called The String of Pearls, which was, uh, I think, in the 18, mid-1840s. And um, 
then it becomes a sort of 19th century um, you know, melodrama. And what's interesting is that, you know, you, you've got, during London and that sort of like the Victorian era, you've got a whole bunch of things kind of going on where you've got um, Jack the Ripper, obviously. Bram Stoker's Dracula, of course, turns up in, in London. Uh, Sigmund Freud uh, visits. Sherlock Holmes, of course, <laughs> was around at the same time. And it was these have all been used in various kind of uh, stories. I mean, that's probably, probably one of the most famous is um, Kim Newman's Anno Dracula series. Um, so you could throw Sweeney Todd into the mix in this kind of London, which has become, you know, a really... Because London at the time, obviously, horrible pollution, mm-hmm. uh, you know, low mortality <laughs> rates because you've got child chimney sweeps, you've got yeah. <laughs> um, the Industrial Revolution kind of unchecked and, um, you know, London was a pretty sort of, yeah, not a great place to live. <laughs> um, certainly, you know, the streets weren't safe. It's the first time really you start to get policemen, an official police force, um, actually on the streets. And it's it's a grim kind of place where there's a massive disparity between the rich and the poor, of course, as, as usual. Uh, but Victorian London was, you know, now we look at it very much as the world of people like Jack the Ripper, unsolved murders, disappearances, all this kind of business. So I think there's a lot, of sort of fertile ground to sort of throw Sweeney Todd in there as well, I think. And monsters. Mm-hmm. I have a thought, and this may be the least original thought that I've ever had, <laughs> but I like this combination and I feel like it answers the question of why he has a troll. So he does in fact have a troll. He's keeping the troll in the basement. He is using this troll to cover his tracks. That's why the regenerative ability. And he's using this troll to cover his tracks because Sweeney Todd is in fact a vampire. Mm. is still slitting throats in some form whatever you want to say whether he's actually slitting throats to feed or whether he is merely feeding but this troll's blood is then getting used as a way to get rid of the scarring a way to Mm. cover up his activities because he can pass this on as a tonic to somebody and tell them hey this will benefit you in blah 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 way and even at that I don't know how faithful we want to be to it, but if we get some people with some pretty epic beards coming through his place, <laughs> the beards can be covering <laughs> the scars. ZZ Top walking. Yeah. I mean, what happens if he himself drinks the troll's blood? It's also true. I mean, there's certain myths that say that, you know, vampires can't drink the blood of a dead person. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, it has to be a has to be a living person. Um, there's other stories that say that you know, in, in Eastern Europe, would, in time when times were tough and there was no humans to feed on, the vampire would feed on a cow or something <laughs> like mm-hmm. that. So it's not, you know, it's not out of the ordinary. Feed them to the troll. Yeah, <laughs> to the troll, or keep them alive for mm-hmm. while the yeah. troll is them alive. <laughs> that's, that's demented. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I thought I was a I dark winner. So. I'm still trying to get over the anatomically correct chocolates that you eat. That's just wrong. So this is where the recording dies, unfortunately. But I do have the summaries of the scenarios we made 
We talked a lot about Sweeney Todd and trolls and all of the nonsense, <laughs> as is our way. But to summarize, Casey created a Vampire of the Masquerade scenario where your players are fledgling, fledgling excuse me, kindred, who have been placed with Sweeney to learn the ropes of being a vampire. While they're there, they discover Sweeney has a ghoul who acts as his maid, and also a human that seems to be in a daze. They will find out, in course of investigation, if they so choose to, that Sweeney has been taking a bride from a family line that wronged him in the past, keeping this woman alive through magic and potions, and when he gets tired of her, sends back her heart to the family to request a new one. Now, the players will have to decide if they want to hold this over him, because this is a very deliberate breach of the masquerade, according to vampire rules. They can keep quiet and possibly be involved in this if it does get out. Or they can report to another kindred higher up, possibly to get at Sweeney. Maybe someone was even sent there with the goal of finding out what Sweeney is doing, if you wanted to have some in-party conflict. So that was Casey's vampire masquerade scenario. Dave created a world for hunters um, out of the elite of society. In his scenario, the players were wealthy or nobility of London, and Sweeney was able to offer them a unique hunting experience of going after monsters in the tunnels of London. But when your players get down there, they realize they're not the hunters, but the hunted. Sweeney is still a vampire, and he has been luring people into the tunnels to help feed his monster friends. In exchange, he gets their hearts that he can do what he wishes with. There are a lot of Penny Dreadful monsters that we touched on in this episode, both before and after File got corrupted, and even just classic, um, whatever the monster group is, I can't remember now. Uh, Universal Monsters, that's it. <laughs> a lot of classic Universal Monsters you can even throw into this. Plus, if you have players that have a lot of knowledge up front of these monsters, you can twist the myths around a little bit to make it to where it's not quite so obvious how to survive. This is a really good one if you have a lot of metagame players that you want to mess with. My scenario was for a Monster of the Week or maybe a Call Cthulhu game, depending upon which system you want to put it in, where the players are investigators working with the police to look into the appearance of a troll in the London sewers. In my setting, it's a very monster-heavy world. Monsters do exist. They are known, but it's just kind of a thing where they kind of semi-coexist in a way. While your players are investigating in the sewers, they will discover a secret passage. This passage leads into Sweeney's basement. In this basement and his house, they will find several vials of an unknown substance that you as a GM know is a troll blood potion. There is a man who is chained to a wall who has been nearly blood dry that Sweeney has been feeding on. And there's an address to a lower end of the city. Going to this address, your players discover a black market for monsters and other monster elements including live trolls. This is where they will see Sweeney buying a new troll to replace the one that got out. Your players then can either stop Sweeney at the black market, which is a bad idea, on the way to his house, which is also bad because the troll can be let go and go on a rampage, at Sweeney's basement, which is probably the best fight idea, but still going to be tough, or they can avoid him altogether and just go report to the police. If they try to fight Sweeney at any point, he does release a troll, and he will probably run if the fight gets too out of hand because he is intelligent. He's not in it to die, basically. If your players do not try to stop Sweeney and do not do anything with the man in the basement, Sweeney will be arrested, based upon their information, for troll possession. 
which is illegal because that's basically monster trafficking. He will be able to pay off the fine because he's filthy rich. And there is no victim left to be found because your players did not save him. Regardless of whether or not they went after Sweeney or if they let him go. Sweeney will send your players a gift to thank them for their time. And it will be the still beating heart of his latest victim. So those have been our eat your heart out scenarios. <laughs> Apologies again for the technical hiccups. Um, hopefully this is an isolated incident. We haven't seen it again. So we'll, we'll try to figure it out for next time. But at the moment, <laughs> this file is going to be kind of on its own. <laughs> uh, again, another big thanks today for coming back on and joining us. It was a ton of fun to talk with him as usual. Be sure to check out our past two episodes with him where we talked about the hateful place that he created as well as a semi-haunted house that we did over for our Halloween. Um, check out the Hateful Place RPG at the links below, including his latest scenario, Wartsborn's, Wartsborn's Dead Roses. Still can't say it. <laughs> I had so much trouble saying that at the end of the file that you'll never hear. And I do highly recommend the Hateful Place books, even if you don't feel this system works for you. There are a ton of roll tables in there for ideas for monsters you can fight, things you can find in someone's pockets as clues. There's a ton of resources there if you just need inspiration for creating a creepy horror-filled game. So highly recommend those. On that note, thank you for joining us for our shortest episode of Blank Scenario ever at this point, I think. <laughs> and we will hopefully be back with a full episode next time. Hello, Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.